Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast. Today on the ep- episode, I'll be Robeck, a 20th service for New Zealand Navy, been in the boxing game for almost as close as, as 20 years, has been as crazy as to do a charity event to box for 60 hours nonstop, as well as done multiple other events, helping out the youth and the community around us to make a difference around fitness and our mental health, as also was part of our Harry Sanders that we've had on the episode before, they're doing the 100-kilometer run on Mirawai. Um, and Albie, I've seen you around on social media and through a lot of circles and friends that I have about the difference you're trying to make in the community, our youth, and everything else. And I thought I'd love to have you on the show, and welcome to uh, the Wolf Queen Street. Thank you, man. Uh, seriously, I really appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, look here. Let's, uh, as I said in the beginning, let's have a start. So obviously, um, you're a bit of a, a Navy man, being there almost two decades at the moment, uh, obviously in boxing as well. I'm a massive uh, big boxing guy. I've gone in the ring myself. Uh, I watch it. I support it. Everything else. Um, was boxing brought out from the navy, or was that two separate things? Um, no, I, I discovered boxing. The love of boxing when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah, and I didn't fight and train um, until I was in the navy. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, you fight the boys, we guy, or do you, do you fight legitimately, or do you guys fight in the back, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of both. Eh? <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, you got to earn your keep. The... Yeah. No, that yeah. look at no, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, so. Obviously, at the moment, um, with everything you're doing, like I said, is you did that the 60 hour charity event, um, you know. But let's talk. Let's take a few steps back before we get into that. You know, what's what's driving you towards that? What was all the driving force around yourself to sort of make a difference for the charity and the community? Mm. Um, first and foremost was depression. Mm. Uh, my own experiences with depression, um, and then um, the the Guinness World Record part was because my son is at that point in the time of his life he was addicted to to that you know like um guinness world mm-hmm. records the books you the know, books, yeah. yeah you know as growing up um you do so too so um i thought like how could i one use depression as a driving tool to motivate people but also to see you know the flip side of it mm-hmm. the positive side of depression um one and also how can i motivate myself and enforce change but also how do i pay you know, homage essentially to my son and, you know, my children and mm. give them something to aspire to. So um, that's how that was born. Um, and boxing saved my life. And I thought, you know, because um, you, you can go on the Guinness World Records and on the website mm-hmm. and you can, you know, search essentially what um, what records there are, um, what you can submit, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I typed in boxing. The first one that came up was the longest punch bag marathon um, that was established by a Canadian man, then broken by someone in the Middle East. And I thought, okay, then why, how can, you know, like I'm pretty sure I can do this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was at the start of 2019. And just to amplify things a little bit more, I thought, okay, well, why don't I do this on my birthday? Yeah. And I did it on Labor Weekend, mm-hmm. October um, 2019. And, yeah. The rest was this history, essentially. So, yeah. Was that the in, the, the stepping stone, you know, off the back of that to going back? And like, you're big in the community, you're bigger with the youth, you know. I know with your, your program and I know with your, the discipline and allegiance top you're wearing at the moment about the youth and the rest of it. Was that the stepping stone towards that or were you really part, was that really part of we were 
before 2019? Yeah, so um, in 2016, um, I made a switch in careers in the Defence Force mm-hmm. um, to a unit called the Youth Development Unit. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially that's uh, built around helping at-risk youth to reintegrate them into employment. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, where I am today. Like that was the the, the found the stepping stone essentially that that led me to where I needed to be or where I want to be um, at this present time. Mm. Uh, what's driving that? Like what, what, where did you come from? What did you go through to, you know, go in the Navy and make that decision that it seems like, is, is there a backstory with your youth and growing up that, you know, you've spoken about depression and so, and so forth. Is there something more back there that is driving what you're trying to do today? Hey everyone, sorry for the interruption. Just a quick shout out from our sponsors. My name is Kenyon Clark, and I'm the founder of the Duval Group. We are a large-scale property developer, and alongside our property development business, we also have our gym business based in Manico and with new locations opening soon. We're passionate about serving our community, and we do that through the Duval Foundation, and I hope that we are able to be a voice of encouragement and inspiration for a whole new generation of entrepreneurs. Let's get back to the show. Mm, yeah, there's bits and pieces of it. You know, mm. like I, I didn't have like a, a, a tough upbringing or mm. I didn't have the best upbringing, you know, like um, uh, I have both parents are from, you know, from the islands mm-hmm. and you could, you know, back then you, you discipline was a little bit different, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, and, and you got discipline in, in, in the right way. It taught me a lot of things, um, but at the same time, it, it kind of like, you know, left a little bit of trauma mm-hmm. there, so to speak. So then you carry that all the way through if you haven't healed from it, right? So um, going through um, high or intermediate, I didn't really have the best of friends or didn't really have any friends, and that carried over to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the Navy, it just flipped the script. Mm-hmm. I like, like it's a different environment, and the people that you make there, the friends there, mm-hmm. the company that you do keep, um, it's massive and it's impactful in your life and essentially they're there for the remainder of mm. your life. Eh? So, um, yes, it was a part of my childhood, but then also it's a part of um, the leadership values that the, that the Defence Force has installed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trust is huge. Um, benevolence is another one. Mm. Um, so showing these, these compassionate traits to other situations and trying to do something to to better their mm-hmm. day essentially, you know. And and I've said this before, it's like if I can change one person's life, I've done my job. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and and definitely looks away from everything that you're going out and, you know, um, you're trying to achieve like, you know, from the charity events, running with Harry Sanders and so forth, you know, because mm. you, were, you were supporting him through that cha- that ch- that challenge you did, the Mirawai 100, are we not? Or you were, you were, you were running with him yeah. um, as part of it. And I know that fell short there just with the weather and everything else. Yeah. Well, um, I've known Harry. Harry used to come to my boot camps a yeah. long time ago when he was a little kid. Yeah. And um, I've mentored Harry you, you know, more so as a friend mm-hmm. um, through, you know, through his adult life and to where he is now. And, um, you know, and we've developed a close bond. So um, some of the ideas and stuff that he's he's come up with, mm-hmm. we've kind of like tweaked to, you know, to what it is now. And that 100 kilometres on ended up being at Piha. Oh, sorry, Piha. Yeah. yeah, it was 
his idea, and mm. I thought I'd you know go there and support him through it. Um, so it ended essentially being a combined event. Mm. Um, he went further than I did, um, you know, for multiple reasons. And yeah, it was it was good. I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I was sick as for. Because you said you had chest, right? Man, Didn't I had said... lung infection, everything. Yeah. And I thought, you know, so many people told me I shouldn't do it, but just myself, you know, like mm. if I didn't try, I wouldn't know. And and I wanted to be there for the brother. So, yeah, yeah. Would you do it again? We, we will do it again. We will do it again. <laughs> I had to ask that. Yeah. I, know, I know Harry's. I know Harry's view on it. Yeah. So I had to make sure I asked yeah. you. Or, would you go and uh, uh, do the hundred k challenge? Yeah. Right? I'm trying to. I'm trying to steer him to pop more. Pop you, more. you know, like much prettier beach. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we can um, longer, flatter. Oh, <laughs> uh, we go over to Papa Mo. We'll get old Rich Farrell that came on the show. Right. He All just right. lives off the beach there. Yeah. Rich can. Uh, Rich can pom pom. Um, pom did. Uh, he's a New Zealand powerlifter. Right. Uh, strongman. Yeah, and you can stand on the beach and do pom poms for you guys, right? <laughs> Yo, <okay. laughs> so, um, so a big thing is, you know, obviously yourself in the boxing game and uh, coach as well, right? Mm. I, I see all over. The, it's talk me through, you know, the the boxing, the outlet for kids and the youth. Talk me through a lot of what's what what I see yourself there and helping them. You know, it looks like it's not just coaching; it's mentoring and it's mm. life guidance and all the rest of it. Yes, yeah, so. Um, I took a, I took the forward step into coaching, mm-hmm. um, from competing, um, through injuries and, and mainly because I enjoy that aspect mm. of boxing yep. more so than I did the fighting aspect. Um, I don't like the long-term plan would to be to develop young kids mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and see them flourish through their ages. Um, but at the moment I, you know, the youngest that I did ever have, that's still with me today was 19 mm-hmm. and um, she's doing amazing and um, just a competitive an- amateur boxer. Yeah. But out of the combat center? No, no. Out of, out of, of boxing, boxing alley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause you're cross both, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, so yeah, that long term would be to develop from a young age. Mm. And there's a lot of gyms that are out there and, and in particular Pacific boxing is doing an amazing job mm-hmm. bringing these young kids up that don't really have the best of best backgrounds or upbringings and just making them into terrific boxers. Yep. So that's my aspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff and, and Tank, you know, if they watch this, they'll, they'll know and kudos to them. So, yep. yeah, so that's my my aspiration and inspiration is to get to that part. Yeah. I've had a few boxers. I had Shane Cameron on right, and uh, yeah. Duke and Williams on as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny. I've spoken to them about uh, the same thing. My dad, I always, I've gotten in the ring late in life. Right. I've always loved, I wanted to fight. My dad was a kickboxing champion back nice. in the 90s and stuff. And as a teen, I always wanted to get into boxing. And he always said this to me, and I, I only understood it as an adult. But he said to me when I was growing up, he goes, Lawrence, you can't get into boxing. You're too privileged. And he says, you're going to get in the ring and the person you're going to be fighting against on the other side hasn't had a meal or doesn't know where his meal is going to come from. And if he doesn't perform or fight or win this, you know, he hasn't got control of his life. Yes. And he always said to me is that boxers come in, like you said, from, you know, we're seeing some people out of the community now becoming amazing sports stars because they've been brought up in different ways and they've had to fight through their upbringing to survive mm-hmm. so when they get into a situation like boxing they just fucking t- 
take over, right? Yeah. You look at a lot of the Mexican lightweight boxers we had back in, you know, the 80s and 90s and a lot of the guys, Canelo Alvarez, for example, yeah. right? Just, just it, yeah. it's nice. Look, at the dude's balling now with yeah. so much money, but in the beginning to fight to survive, right? Yeah, and at a, at, at such a young age, like yeah. you turn – I think he turned um, pro at 14 or 15. <laughs> yeah. But who does that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a freak, right? So <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got his big match uh, coming up in October, right? So, yeah. But he's a, um, he's a bit of a bit of a freak old Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. But that boxing is an interesting one, right? It's yeah. a, a very humbling sport as well. Yeah, well, combat sports in general, you yeah. know, like I grew up watching K1. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the, I was just so fascinated with, you know, with just the art of the sport, like the brutality of it, but also how they carried themselves, you know, in the ring and then mm. also out of the ring and, 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 you know, whether they're defeated or not. So it was awesome. And, you know, like I, I, my pet, my, my original thing was K1. Like I, yeah. I, I want to see that come back because so, that's, that was me. So your fighting career. Yeah. So just boxing, K1, kickboxing, or what? Where did nah, it go across? So it's just it's just boxing. Yeah. Yeah. What boxing. did you, what did you uh, did you ever go got a pro record or just amateur? Nah, just um, amateur. Uh, I, I was corporate and then went to amateur yeah. in Australia when I was posted there um, with the navy and mm. um, had a couple of fights there and yeah. then come back and had a couple of corporate fights. Yeah. Yeah, and just and then that's where it ended there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You, you still got enough. Uh, you still got enough lead in that pencil to do another couple of corporate rights. Uh, AJ <laughs> man just gets you injuries. <laughs> yeah, but oh. now I, I I don't. I miss the competitive aspect. I miss mm. I miss sparring. Yeah, um, but I, I just I I don't think that I could ever do that. Put myself in that position because there's always an element where mm. something could go wrong. Yeah. And I don't think I can put my kids through that, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, like I loved uh, when I I've like I said I got a lot. I got into late, you know. So late, as in like my early thirties. And I did a corporate event. I trained in six months, and um, I was at Boxing Central in town, nice, and yeah. um, you know did that all that stuff. But it was such a it's such a unique sport. Did you get humbled, right? So. Yeah. Growing up in South Africa, you know, ha- having f- street fights there, doing everything else, thinking I can throw it, um, you know, so go and train boxing and you're like, yeah, cool, I can handle this on pad work. And then you get in the ring for sparring and some nobody just fucking <laughs> slots you, right? And you've got no idea. Yeah. And then you go, okay, yeah, yeah, I thought I know how to fight. <laughs> and it's just such a weird sport. Yeah, yeah. And addictive too, eh? you know. <laughs> you, know? Dude, uh, you can't. I, I said, everyone, you, you think you can fight to some guy punches you in the nose, yeah. But then us, the guys that are like you know MMA or the boxing, just go back for it, right? Yeah. So you get punched in the nose. I got hit. This is how crazy it was. We're practicing the one night. We're doing sparring, and I can't find my mouth guard. Right. So I either sit out the whole night or I climb in the ring with the mouth guard. Right. So what do I fucking do? I climb in the <laughs> ring, ring, right? 20 minutes later, put my teeth right through my gums. <laughs> straight, to the, straight to A&E to get stitched up because yeah. I'd rather climb in the ring right. with no mouth guard than miss out the sparring, yes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. And then I just saw some uniqueness. And it, it, it always allows me to look at the sport and see what guys – what it truly means. Like you look at, you look at guys, like people look and go, okay – Boxing looks easy. You just got to be able to throw and and block and the move and all the rest of it. And until you've climbed the ring and actually learned the science of it, mm. you've got no you've got no understanding, right? Mm. 
mm. of, what it, of what it takes. That's why, like, a lot of people originally were like when Sonny Ball got into the scene. Yeah. You know, Sonny Ball, the first couple of guys, because he was a big and muscular, oh, yeah, yeah. Sonny Ball can't box for shit, right? And then he went on and went on, and it was like, okay, hold on. Mm. You know, you can actually box. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And <laughs> I think, like, you know, Athletes say they just have this natural ability mm. to be able to adapt and overcome, and essentially that's what boxing is. Like, you're, not every opponent's going to be the same, eh? Yeah. Hey, so you, you know, and they they might show up on the night and have a better night than you, and how you're going to crawl that back and you know get the last two three rounds back to crawl into your favor or even get a knockout. Yeah. And it's all about thinking on the spot and adapting. So. I had a I had a weird one was was sparring practice. I was coming up to I was coming up to my fight to my coach, uh, a guy called Asher Debeshai. Oh yes, uh, he's yeah, a, yeah. a champion out of Wellington, yeah, right? Yeah, he still fought um, Izzy in the Super Eights right, yeah, many yeah. many years ago. So he was so I was training with him, and then I'd come in like do the six a.m. class just with him sparring, and he would call out to the floor. Um, so we'd we'd do a six a.m. and then I'd come back at five. So I'd train twice a day as I was training. And so at six a.m. you'd call to anyone on the floor that was just doing the twenty dollar class. Does anyone want to spar? You can come on in and spar <laughs> rounds. And it's like cool because then you would get the most random person for like yes. two minutes or four minutes. How many rounds you were doing, or you know, and so forth. And then at five o'clock we'd do the same thing. And I remember. I think the one morning session I had this guy that had no idea really how to box, he would double punch. So I'd stand there and he would throw both punches at once. And for the first few times, I was just like, I looked at him like, what am I supposed to do? And, and he, like, he said to me, he goes, if that's your opponent, you got to figure it out, yeah. right? So so that was fun. And then, and then the one that really, really fucking pissed me off was we did a, a session the one night and because – when I was fighting, I was in the 90s. I was fighting heavyweight, but I was a, sm- a very, very small heavyweight. Oh. So he would always get the big guy. So, he, again, he asked one night at like five or six o'clock, and a guy came over, six for three, six for four. So he had the reach. He's like, cool, you've got to figure to get in or the rest of it. This guy just come from the pub, right? <laughs> he was three or four beers deep from the pub, wanted to come to class, sweat it out. So he was – he had no rough idea what he was doing, but he was so much more looser, and he had the reach. I couldn't fucking get to him. <laughs> and I sat there after going, I've been training for like three months. This dude just come from the pub. <laughs> and I can't, like I got a few ones in there, but I just like, that was the frustrating part right, about it, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah, understand it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he would have been all, you know. A lot yeah. of looser just <laughs> yeah. throwing it out there and all the rest. Yeah. yeah. So, look at, you know, Take it back to, you know, the, the programs you've got at the moment with the youth. Can, I don't know if you can sport, speak more about the, the discipline and allegiance and everything else. You're saying obviously getting kids back into the community, you know, can, we, can you speak more about that? Yeah, so um, discipline allegiance was um, I used to run a boot camp company mm-hmm. and when I parted ways with my then partner, mm-hmm. um, I – I decided to take a different route, mm-hmm. born discipline allegiance. Um, and it was more so about um, separating myself from what I did back then mm. and also about bringing people up through through my system in boxing. Um, and I, my, I developed a system where I wanted to really enhance the top two inches mm. before anything else and utilize what I've experienced mm. and gained and um, from the Defence Force, from the Navy in mm. particular, and encompass that all into one. So um, that kind of attitude and that kind of like mentality, um, coaching aspect and, and teamwork, 
I try and carry that over into my workplace mm-hmm. in the Navy and vice versa. So they, they intermingle, they, mm-hmm. they kind of like um, complement each other at certain times. Um, it's all about, like I said, adapting and overcoming and reading the room at, at that particular time. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's answered your question. Yeah, yeah uh, I totally, uh, totally did. And, you know, so what what else is in in the roadmap for yourself, Albie, that you, you're thinking about or going to at the moment? Because obviously, you know, there's the Navy side, there's the, there's the coaching side, there's the, the program and everything else, mm. uh, you know, and every time I see you on social media, it feels like, is something brewing and, you know, you're still trying to do more and more, you know, what's, what's the yeah. vision there? So, um, like I, I, I've restarted this thing called 6.5 for 65. And that's 6.5 kilometers, uh, for 65 days. Mm-hmm. And a couple of months ago, there was, um, on, on the news, a, a documentary about a retirees in New Zealand mm-hmm. and how they're finding it hard um, you know, because pension doesn't match up yeah. to living wage, etc. And I, I found that quite striking and, you know, um, humbling. And also I was pretty sad for them. Mm-hmm. So like, how do I do something for them? Mm-hmm. And there was this charity called Age Concern. And I thought, you know, 6.5 is 65 age mm-hmm. of, yeah. the, you know, and then 65 days. So I set out to run 6.5 kilometers every day for 65 days. Mm. And that was the lead up to the 100 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And then I fell sick and I mm. couldn't do that. And I was 27 days in or something like that. Then I tried to attempt it again. Um, and the doctors wouldn't let me exercise yeah. and I failed at that. So now I'm day four of the reattempt. Oh, awesome. And um, so that's a motion. Um, and so the give a little page will come up later on, but hundred mm-hmm. percent of that proceeds will go to like, you know, um, to help anyone that's in that situation, mm-hmm. 65 years and over. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I run this burpee event every year, um, since 2019. This makes me, that just makes me sick thinking <laughs> about it, but keep going. Just yeah. keep going. So, um, essentially we have, um, a teams of four, and we burpee for 2.4 kilometers. No. <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. that. Because <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that one as well, but yeah. fuck. Because I got invited once, and I think I was busy. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you did that out of the domain, didn't you? No. no we was, someone was doing a Trust big, Stadium. Trust Stadium. Someone yeah. was doing a burpee event out of the domain as well one stage. Right. And someone invited me, and I think I was busy. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 well, I would have been busy too if I, <laughs> if I was in there. <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah, so um, that's that's coming up in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at taking it down to Rotorua or Tauranga mm-hmm. and then bring mm-hmm. it back up to Auckland. What, burping all the way down? No. Oh, I okay. I was just you fucking, you, you that crazy to do that, man. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then um, hopefully that 100 kilometers, yep. wherever that comes, when that comes, you know, at the end of the year yep. or, or next year. But um, I said, and I promise that next year will be my last, my last year of doing these events. Mm-hmm. And I'll look to try and support people through um, or even help people organize their own events. Mm-hmm. And do the same or similar stuff. Um, so next year, like um, I've only told a couple of people this, but essentially what I want to do is run the length of New Zealand, mm-hmm. and I want to run it with a um, a ten kg sand power bag, right? 
and what how all my events are about people mm-hmm. and not particularly myself. Yep. Um, so let's just say, um, and hopefully this is not the case, but from this financial year to next financial mm-hmm. year, um, let's say let's just say there's 602 people that's unfortunately lose their life to suicide. Mm-hmm. So then what I will do is split New Zealand up to 604 people for intervals or, mm-hmm. you know, slots and invite people to run or a person to run with me, yeah. um, you know, for that leg and or even families that mm. suffered from that. So that can serve as a healing mm. factor as well. But that 10 kg power bag will represent the weight of depression or mental illness. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I'll get people to sign it. So mm. it, it's sentimental. And then I'll carry that from the top to the bottom or from the bottom to the top. Whatever. That's amazing. Mm, mm. Um, so that yeah. will be my very last event that I'd ever do. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's pretty intense. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. The number last year was five thirty eight. So six oh two is not a bad, yeah. a bad guess, right? So yeah. I ran. I did a um, myself and Jack Henderson from right. Henderson yes. Topics. Yeah. Um, we did a, a charity event at a football club. We did a right. five hundred thirty eight minute live podcast. And a five hundred thirty-eight minute continuous game of football for right. um, I'm Hope. Um, yeah. So we raised we raised uh, funds there at the club. So uh, that was Man, quite fun. Um, and it was close to my my heart. My my aunts, um, so my cousins from my wife's side right. was one of the five thirty-eight. Right. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, that was a um, a great day, but Wicked. close to close to home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. but but you, I'd rather be behind the mic. You and me, guy. All right, we would rather sit behind the mic than yeah. you, 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 you crazy boys. I, I joke. I joke on this every time I get someone here that does that's in the fit, fitness one. I speak to the wife and I go, I interview all you amazing guys and girls that are super fit, all this stuff, cold plungers, all this other stuff. You would think I would be the most motivated person. <laughs> Fuck that! I ain't doing a cold plunge. I ain't doing any of that other shit from and and. And I wish that shit would rub off. Yeah. You could enjoy it. I'll sit and clap <laughs> on the side, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong. I'll enjoy watching people cold plunge. That's not me at this uh, point of time. I still, <laughs> I still haven't gotten it. Like everyone that I've spoken to, are so it's so big at the moment because it's so popular, right? Yes. Like the other day I was like, okay, let me just tempt this partially. I'm just going to jump into a cold shower. Fuck! <laughs> like three seconds. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Like this, I'm wasting Your my time. Toes just I'm, get I'm like, there. I'm not even. No, dude. I'm like, no. Scorching like devil hot water. Uh, that that's me, right? Yeah. And it's just, and I know there's the benefits and everything else. And yeah. if I can push through it, and uh, it's just like, no. Yeah. Maybe one day in my life I'll, uh, you yeah, know, I'll, go through. <laughs> me and you both at this stage, I'm not going to devil into that. Yeah. So, so where are you still coaching out at the moment? You still uh, boxing alley and alley and, and combat and the combat center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see yeah. you all over the combat centers, uh, yeah. socials, right? Yeah. I enjoy I enjoy that space there, you yeah. know, like I enjoy both spaces. So, um, yeah, it's just – it's awesome to be able to – they have more young, like uh, – Combat centre. Yeah, combat yeah, centre. So you, so youth, right? My yeah, son's – yeah. Yeah, all the way, you know, it's your son there. Or? So he was he did jiu-jitsu last year. Oh, so right. my, my, But, um, yeah, so I got him into jiu-jitsu for about – Three or four months. Um, right. So I, I do pad work with him boxing. So he did one yeah. cross boxing. Like he loves doing bo- he loves doing uh, boxing and everything else. But I'm as a dad going. I want you to learn to protect yourself before being able to learn to fight. Right. So yes. jiu jitsu is more you know. Yes. But as a kid, 
jiu-jitsu is a long game. Yeah. You've got to do jiu-jitsu for like a year continuously before you get one tick box, right? Yes, yeah. Where for him, so he sees all these kids with different belts and different stripes. And so for him, after like three or four months, he's like, but I'm still a white belt with nothing. Yeah. It's a long, so for yes. a, for 11-year-old, it's really hard for them to comprehend that you've got to give it time. And as a dad, I'm like, this is the best thing you can get into. I'll let you do boxing later. So he keeps nagging me of wanting to go to go back into the boxing. But right. I, the only thing at Combat Center is the time slots have just become a little bit outside right. of our this, the time slots were good before, but yeah. no, I, I struggle to get my boy down there. Right. So yeah, yes. Yeah, so man, it's just the community that they've got there yeah. is amazing, you know. Yeah. And and I, I and I like to see, uh, like since the combat centers open, I've only been working there for the past I don't know a year and a half, mm-hmm. maybe two years. And um, but since it's open, I've like you know me and Vin mm-hmm. have been close friends, yeah. you know. So. These young kids that I see now, mm. hey, you know, like from when they started, yeah. it's just the transformation is amazing. Because there's quite a few, there's quite a few, not champions, but there's quite a few decent people both in the boxing and the jiu-jitsu side yes. of that gym, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. There will be. Mecca, um, um, I, I don't know if you know Mecca. I know the name. Yeah. yeah, so she's fighting tomorrow yeah. in yeah. Australia. And, man, uh, if she, if all goes well, she would smash this girl and then, Hopefully there'll be a contract later on down the track for her. So, so. first pro, or she done a few already? Um, she's done a few pro. Yeah. she's got her first pro fight next weekend, I think. Or mm. no, sorry, October tenth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, or seventh, one of those. Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's always fun to go and watch, you know, to go watch the fights and stuff. So, do you yeah. still go around the circuit and watch outside of any? You know, do you just go? Yeah, down? I, I try to. Eh? Yeah, you know, like um, but I'm so like busy. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Any any time I can get, it's family orientated, yeah. you know. So if I, you know, it's it, it's it's a want, but it's not a necessity yeah. to be able to go to those things. So I try and catch up on like live feeds or <laughs> even like you know reruns on YouTube or or whatnot. So it's not it's not a must for me. I, I'd rather just spend time with family. But yeah, I do keep a close eye on it because <laughs> they could be you know future competition for my fighters later on yeah. down the track. Yeah, but I love supporting. Um, you, you know, New Zealand fighters. Yes, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Okay, mm. I'm going to ask you the question. Yeah. Thoughts on Izzy's last fight? It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I, I, if he was to fight him again, I think he would just wipe the floor with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but even he in his last um interview, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, he, he released it yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's he, to me, it still looks like he's struggling though. Yeah, there's something there though. Mm. Um. I'm a big Izzy fan. Um, um, I've yet I've met him once in Vegas. We stumbled. Right. He was there for the Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight. Right. We, we both ended up um, in Vegas, and I've followed his whole career and everything else. The interview he did yesterday of him, mm. there's still something. I'm still missing something. Right. So if you watch it as not as a you know, true fan that supports him, thinks he's going to come back and mm. take it back. Just take a step back. There's 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 a spark or there's a little clink there that seems like the the Izzy of like 12 months ago mm. is it's not the same person. Yeah. It's just I was I watched it and I like something yeah. is like it's almost like he's going to come out in two a month's time and go oh by the way no one knew but it, like I had like kidney failure or right. something. There's just like something weird from the vibe. It doesn't yeah. seem like Izzy of old. 
Well, it could be. It could be also the the fact that he's just like he's been doing mm-hmm. high level fights and championship fights for so long and yeah. taking on anyone and everyone, yeah. right? Um, so it could be could be that fact. I, I, I don't know, but um I just think like he, he'll probably he'll get over it and I think he'll just come back even even better, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you which way would you see them if you could control, let's let's do a glass ball one, yeah, yeah. right? If you could control, if you Dana, how how would you run it? Would you do a rematch or would you bring Drickus in first and then do Izzy afterwards? No, rematch. Rematch? I, I think people would be more subject to to the rematch mm-hmm. rather than than um Drickus. Yeah, yeah. I I think so. Mm-hmm. Um and then It'll, if if Izzy or when Izzy wins <laughs> the rematch, yeah, and then Drickus will come in like a, it'll the just true make, African champ, right? Yeah, we'll just make for a better better story, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've joken to a few people going they they should have they should have the the Izzy Drickus fight in Nigeria, right? Right, yeah. But I, I, they would never do it. I don't think they can get the security for it. But imagine yeah. the, imagine the sales, right? I and, was just talking about this the other day, and you know, like um, how. Ali and George Foreman, yeah. and, and they would just go to countries and fight in other people's countries and just like go global. Yeah. Well, you don't see that anymore, <laughs> yeah. eh? You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. But I think, yeah, there's something there and everything yeah. else. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a true story about Izzy, by the way. Yeah, no. um, the very the first UFC that came to NZ, I think there was only one anyway. Yes, correct. And James Sahuna was, um, was, was headlining mm-hmm. there. So we're up in the nosebleeds, right? Mm-hmm. Me and my one best mate, and then we sat next door, um, next to one of my mates at school, yep. at, coincidentally, and next door to him was Izzy, yeah. and those two are good mates, right? Yeah. They they um, did did combat together, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and like Izzy was going hard, like commentating. He should be doing this, doing <laughs> this, doing that, doing that. And then I was like, who's this dude? Like, you know, you, you're thinking you've never seen him, never yeah. heard from him. You're yeah. like, what is what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know? And then um, then he goes to me, they'll be me one day. Yeah. I will be that person. And then fast forward, man, like, it's crazy. True. true. When I spoke to Coach Suns that was on the show, right, yeah. that was one of his, his uh, Izzy's first sports and conditioning coach yeah. when he had it. He said how they, uh, when they were sitting – was it the Sydney fight originally? The the one that he was, the one before he actually got the UFC oh, contract, yes. and he was sitting there watching, and he right. was like, "Cool, I'll be here the next time. Next time I comes here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fighting." And yeah. the next time this card came to Sydney or whatever it was, he was on the card. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. This manifestation, eh? Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So um, another one, um, this Tyson Fury fight. Mm. You thinking much of it? I like it. Yeah? And the reason why I like it is because he's doing something different, eh? You know, and he's doing it for money, though. Yeah, it's yeah. his biggest purse. It's yeah. fifty more in the purse, yeah. right? For at the end of the day, why would you not? <laughs> no. hey, like if it's going to set your set you up and your family up, and then plus it's like it it it's what I think what actually people would like to see or want to see. They're going to tune in regardless because they either like Tyson Fury or they don't. They you think Francis has got a chance? Yeah, I think every heavyweight that has a chance. <laughs> hey. And Francis is like, like how you said at the beginning, yep. you know, like um, when your dad told you that, you know, like <laughs> it's the same concept yep. as like he, you know. I, yeah, I think the only, I think the chance that Francis has is I don't think Tyson's going to come in it too seriously. 
because yeah. he's already banking the biggest payday of his career. Yeah. He can't lose anything from a belt point of view, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if he's going to come into it. I don't know if you saw the 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 catch up or why not Wayne, but like a week yes, ago, yes. Tyson, dude, yeah. like. Full gut, he's like, feel my fat and he, all the rest he, of it. He, feel, he looks bigger than what he was for that. Yeah, like, you know? so I don't know if there's yeah. any seriousness there uh, other than and I, obviously from Francis's side, he's like, dude, I'm going to train because yeah. if I take that, he can then demand a top five fight with someone else for another big payday, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I I just reckon it's cool, you know. <laughs> like I, I, I like those type of things. And it's the same as the, um, Jake Paul, you know, like yeah. – Originally, I the thought, YouTubers. man, what the hell is this guy up to? And I, I think he's just, I, what I like about him is his dedication to the sport. Correct, you yes. Know? And what and how he's actually. And his brother. Yeah, and his brother. Yeah. And he's setting a standard mm-hmm. that, like, no matter where you are, you mm. can do anything. Yeah. Hey, so that's what I like about so so true. Him and his brother's work ethic is off the charts. Correct, Everyone has yeah. said it. Whether you like him or not and think he's arrogant and an arsehole or so forth, mm. but they've both got crazy worth ec- yeah. work ethic that they, they, they put in there, right? Because mm. obviously they um, uh, Jack Paul uh, is coming from, you know, the YouTuber boxes and the – and there's another fight now, KSI's fight KSI, in um, um, Fury. Fury's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Fury, yeah. right? And it's like – Okay, guys, but the craziness, they're doing it because they're owned by what's a DAZN, right? And yeah. they sell millions. Yeah. I think Tommy Fury's ruining his career. Dude, you hey. know what? But, but, but I think Tommy Fury, up until about two years ago, yeah. had a path which just never came through. Yeah. Um, and then I think he's realizing that he's going to be a top 30 fighter. Yeah. All his career, and that's about it. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to fight these YouTubers for five million a pot. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. But the dude can be a model, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who is that to me? <laughs> oh, um, um, who, Tommy Fury. Yeah. yeah. Pretty boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, um, are we, you know, as we sort of um, coming up to the end of today's show, is there anything you want to leave our audience or you know, anyone watching or thinking about this? Some thoughts from yourself out to the community or so forth? Yeah, there's a couple of things, and yeah. I and I always say it, eh? Like it, um, it took me a while to actually um, feel that this is okay to do. It does take practice, mm. and I do understand because I've already been, I've you know been through that, and like the stigma around it and how hard it is to make yourself vulnerable. But when you reach out for help, mm-hmm. it you know like it, it is vital that you do it, and when you do it, um, it. it essentially makes it a lot easier Mm -hmm. and you share your story and, and people do generally want to help and they don't, they hold no stigma against it or Mm -hmm. they don't hold any judgment. The other thing is, is like, um, and I put the video out there the other day, like nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. And, um, that quote was when I used to play league and our coach at the time came up with that, that quote Mm -hmm. and, um, it's stuck through all these years, like mm-hmm. 2013, I think, or 11, he said it. Mm. And I generally feel that if 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 nothing changes, then nothing changes, essentially. So um, don't be afraid of change. I hated change, mm. essentially. Um, don't be afraid to cre- um, create change, and that's been what I've been trying to do lately or, you know, for a while now. Um, so, yeah, yeah, those two things, are, uh, you know, I think is essential. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Albie. And if anyone's interested, where can they reach out to you? Um, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, 
I, I just that's my sole platform. I yeah. just use Instagram all the time, and that that's about it. Uh, mm. Awesome, and Albie, thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show. Um, and to everyone else, as always, um, thanks for coming over to the podcast. And as I say at the end of um, each show, it's, I don't care about the shares and likes and the follows. I care about you taking something away from today's episode that could resonate with yourself or someone else. You know, Albie's talking about you know, mental health, our youth, the community making a difference. If there's something important for yourself, a friend, or anyone else, just just nudge them and just say, hey, come on over have a look and see and have a listen because maybe they need it today. Maybe we need to reach out to someone today and ask them if they're okay. But as always, thanks for coming over to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast and hope to see you again.